0: Hello, and welcome to the Heal in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Marie, a certified trauma-informed coach and complex trauma survivor. Along my own healing journey, i found music to be both a supportive tool for processing emotions and a source of solace and comfort during tough times. On this show, I'm breaking down popular songs through the lens of trauma recovery, healing, and personal growth. So let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Heal in Harmony. I am grateful to have you here. I do have a bit of a cold right now. Luckily, not COVID. Very happy. Um, so if you hear me sound a little more nasally than normal, I do apologize for that, but I have been sitting on this episode and just really wanting to get it out, so hopefully it's not too bad. So in this episode, we are going to be discussing the song Right Where You Left Me by Taylor Swift from her 2020 album Evermore. In this song, we're going to be picking up on themes of what it feels like to experience the kind of heartbreak that you thought would never happen. When a relationship ends and it is so unbelievably blindsiding that you never imagined your life without this person and what it's like to just sit there and realize that you are not moving on in the way that they and the rest of the world appears to be. So it's really about that feeling of everyone's getting over it except for me and how we respond to that. So let's go ahead and get into it. Starting with verse one, we have friends break up, friends get married, strangers get born, strangers get buried. Trends change, rumors fly through new skies, but I'm right where you left me. So let's start with that. In this first verse, we are getting some context and several different lines that convey the fact that time has passed. So there's friends are breaking up, friends are getting married, people are being born, people are dying, trends are changing, all this stuff is happening, life is ephemeral, life is always going to shift and change, and nothing really lasts forever. All of these declarations of impermanence are quickly coupled by a phrase that we are going to hear Taylor say over and over again in the song, which is, But I'm right where you left me. I haven't changed. I haven't moved. I haven't moved on. Next in this verse, she says, Matches burn after the other. Pages turn and stick to each other. Wages earned and lessons learned. But I'm right where you left me. So I think this part of the verse really conveys that within the nature of love and life, there can be these cyclical, impermanent connections that we make with people in the moment that feel like the start of something brand new, just like we might imagine a spark of a flame. It's very exciting. And then it can happen in quick succession. But there's plenty of opportunities for folks to fall in love with. And over and over, that spark of passion is lit like the match. And then it burns out and not all of these turn into long lasting relationships. But although there are all these temporary experiences that Taylor is acknowledging, she is saying that doesn't apply to me. I am still right where you left me. I haven't moved on. I haven't struck a new match. I'm out of the game. She says, pages turn and stick to each other, which I think is interesting because we could use that metaphor of life being like a book and pages of a book being like different chapters or different sections in our life, sort of a season of our life. And now she is in the season where the chapter has ended, the chapter of this relationship has ended, and the page should be turning. But she's saying the pages turn and they're sticking to each other. They won't fully turn. They're sticky. She can't move on. There is not like a clean ending to this relationship. There's not closure that she's desiring. Things are overlapping. They're not always clean cut and sometimes we can't just flip a page so easily. Then we have that line that wages are earned and lessons learned but I'm right where you left me. So still conveying sort of that people are going about their lives, they are going to work, making money, learning lessons along the way. But Taylor or Taylor's persona or character in the song is still just right there where this person left. So perhaps she hasn't been able to learn the lessons that other people have by living their life freely because she hasn't been able to move on from this relationship. She's probably not unable to learn a lesson that this relationship might be able to teach her because she feels so stuck trying to figure out what that lesson even is when this breakup happened so suddenly and in a way that really took her by surprise. Now we get to the next part, though she says, help, I'm still at the restaurant, still sitting in the corner I haunt, cross-legged in the dim light, they say what a sad sight. I swear you could hear a hairpin drop right when I felt the moment stop. Glass shattered on the white cloth. Everybody moved on. I stayed there. Dust collected on my pinned up hair. They expected me to find somewhere, some perspective, but I sat and stared right where you left me. That is the chorus, I think. So now Taylor is bringing in the restaurant metaphor that she's going to use over and over in this song, where she says, help, I'm still at the restaurant. I am in this corner that I haunt. So we have an imagery that taylor is a ghost and she is doing what ghosts do which is haunting she is lurking through this restaurant just chilling at the table that they used to sit at. So whether this restaurant is literal, and this is a place where her and the muse of the song used to hang out all the time and where the breakup literally did happen, she is definitely using it as sort of this motif that's saying this restaurant represents the best times in our relationships. It represents when we are in love and I'm not leaving. I'm haunting this restaurant. People see me, they say what a sad sight, they recognize that I'm still here and they sort of pity me for that. And I think That's a theme that comes up throughout the song is this feeling of pitying herself or receiving pity from other people who can't understand what she's going through. And she's sort of embarrassed of it. Now she starts to touch on the breakup and saying, you could hear a hairpin drop right when I felt the moment stop. So, you know, those moments in life where everything comes crashing down, sometimes there's this big fiery moment, and other times they go out with, not with a bang, but with a whimper, with a small moment where everything changes. And in that moment, it feels like time stops and you're never going to be the same again. It can be this very surreal experience. So it's this quiet moment where Taylor thinks perhaps she's just having dinner with her love with this person. And like we learned in the story, this person is telling her, I met someone, there's someone else in my life. And the way this is said makes me wonder if this relationship was somewhat one-sided or maybe like a situationship where, you know, if you were like dating someone and in love in a committed relationship and someone just said, I met someone. Someone, that is absolutely heartbreaking and, you know, probably an act of betrayal. And I also think that this is a possibility that, you know, perhaps Taylor's character in the story was in love with maybe her best friend or someone that they were not explicitly in a romantic relationship together, but she deeply loved this person and had been hoping that they eventually would love her back. But this person the whole time maybe had still been exploring romantic possibilities with other people, while Taylor or her character was like, I cannot imagine being with anyone else except for you. I will wait no matter how long it takes for you to love me. And this person's like, hey, I met someone. Because they don't say I met someone else. They're not like, you are my person. I'm in love with you. I met someone else. They say I met someone. So to me, it seems like maybe they were friends and, you know, friends with benefits perhaps. And Taylor was waiting for them to come around and fall in love with her too, but instead they met someone that they want to pursue romantically then we have that line glass shatter on the white cloth everybody moved on and i feel like this conveys this idea that you know glass shattering on the white cloth taylor was holding a glass of wine perhaps or water or something and she dropped it because of the shock of the experience or it can convey that raw rage where you throw something at the wall um, or at the ground because you are so upset And after this event where the glass shatters on the white cloth, Taylor is saying everybody moved on, but of course not her. She stayed there. This is followed by even more descriptions of just how Taylor is staying there and not moving on. There's dust collecting in her pinned up hair. Everyone is expecting her to find somewhere some perspective, but I sat and stared right where you left me. So as a trauma survivor myself, I am well aware of what it's like to be preoccupied by something in the past. While this song seems to be depicting a heartbreak for me and a lot of folks that are healing from trauma, this can also be related to something terrible that happened to our past that we can't seem to get over. So when folks like in the general population don't understand how trauma works because it's not widely known or talked about, although it seems like it's getting better, it's very easy for people to take this ignorant view of our situation and project it onto us because they don't know how to be able to sit with us when we are seemingly so preoccupied about something that happened in the past. They might see us as not being able to get perspective, not being able to, quote, let things go, unquote, not being able to forgive and forget and move on and, you know, just be in the present moment. But when it comes to PTSD and specifically complex PTSD, there is not like a choice that you have to either move on and get over it or not. Uh, If it was a choice, then Pretty much everyone, if not everyone, would be over it, so to speak. It is not fun to be preoccupied by the past, and Taylor certainly does a good job of conveying that in this song. Whether it's about a heartbreak or a traumatic event, no one is choosing to sit around and dwell on the past. Maybe a tiny portion of the population are, but I do not think that is a very common narrative or experience. So at first, I thought healing just meant ignoring what happened, pretending it didn't happen, not thinking about it, etc. But then once I understood that I did need to do the healing work, I still brought this energy of force and pressure of like, okay, I need to go fast. I need to read all the books. I need to learn everything about trauma. I need to do therapy really quickly so I can get over it because no one wants to see me sitting there unable to get over it. I want to move past something and get through it because I'm sick of people judging me. First of all, it is hard to feel like a ghost in your own life because you're so preoccupied with the past. You feel a tremendous amount of fear about what happened. It feels like it's still happening. That's a big part of trauma. But another element is looking around and seeing that no one else knows or understands how bad this is. No one else seems to even remember how bad it was because they were not with you in it. Or maybe they're gaslighting you even and saying, no, it wasn't that bad. Or, oh, it really didn't seem like it was that bad to me and making you doubt your own experience. But the experience of feeling like this person left you or this thing happened in the past and you don't have choice or agency over getting over it is so painful and isolating. It makes you feel broken and defective. And so this is why a part of my vision and my mission for the work that I do in the world is involving trauma survivors coming together because we need to be in groups and communities with people that understand us because so often in our life, we're surrounded by people who do not get it, who do not understand what it's like to not be able to get over the past and move on because we have trauma and they have a really hard time emphasizing or understanding us. So being around people who do get it is not just going to fix everything, but it can really help us feel like we're not alone alone and we're not crazy and we don't have to shame ourselves for our experience so if you are someone that has had a hard time or felt like it's impossible to get over something from your past just know that there is nothing wrong with you you are not broken and you do make sense so let's get back to the song next up we have right where you left me you left me no you left me no you left me no choice but to stay here forever and that is repeated what I think is really interesting about this is she is conveying to the audience that someone has left her, she's gone through some sort of heartbreak, she's been abandoned, and she is left with no choice. So she's feeling powerless, she's feeling hopeless to get over the situation because of what this person has done to her. So to me it sounds like a real lack of closure. This happened in a way that Taylor was not ready for, not expecting. I mean, who's ever really ready for a heartbreak? But this sounds like it was really out of the blue that it was not something she expected at all. There was no warning signs and it was very severe and it caused her to just feel like her life was completely torn apart and it was this person's fault. Once again, I think these lines in the chorus could be incredibly potent to anyone who has survived some sort of interpersonal trauma where they feel like the other person has, you know, messed them up or really hurt them in a permanent way. Especially if this was a parent-child relationship, if you were applying this kind of idea or this You know, verse or this chorus to a parent-child relationship, and you're unpacking the imprint, the imprint or the impact of intergenerational trauma, and feeling like you left me no choice but to adapt to what to put what you put me through, to change my personality for you, to essentially construct everything about my life in a way that would help me survive. And I don't know how to get over that. You've moved on supposedly, or the world has moved on. Perhaps you're even gone from this planet, but I can't move on because of the way you have impacted every inch of my life. So I just think that's a really deep sense of grief there, Where whether this song is related to a breakup or because of some sort of trauma. It's that feeling of you left me no choice, you did this to me, and I can't get over it because of you. Okay, so next up, once again, don't know if this is considered a bridge or another verse, but here we go. Did you ever hear about the girl who got frozen? Time went on for everybody else. She won't know it. She's still 23 inside her fantasy, how it's supposed to be. So this is probably my favorite part of the whole song, where she is, you know, kind of making herself into a character so to speak the girl who got frozen it has this metaphorical nature to it this storytelling aspect okay so I'm going to do a couple different readings of this so on the surface level she is saying she remembers the times where everything was good and she was 23 and in this circumstance in her fantasy where it was like I can't believe I got to be in this relationship or really good friends with this person or just connected to this person who is so unbelievable and everything was absolutely perfect and you know sometimes Sometimes when we think everything is completely perfect, we are in this kind of blissful, euphoric state that makes the fallout or the ending all the more incredibly painful than if we hold on to some touch of reality and say, okay, nothing is ever perfect. While some people might mourn a painful breakup like this by partying or moving on really quickly... In Taylor's experience, she feels frozen. She feels like she's unable to take action. She's unable to move on. She's unable to really do anything other than sit at this metaphorical restaurant and wallow and remember what could have been. In the next couple lines, she's keeping us, she's cueing us into maybe this kind of internalized perception of what people think of her. So she's saying, did you ever hear about the girl who lives in delusion? Breakups happen every day. You don't have to lose it. She's still 23 inside her fantasy and you're sitting in front of me. So." she is telling us how she imagines people look at her. They consider her this girl that lives in delusion and she, they are judging her for not being able to get over it by saying breakups happen every day. You don't have to lose it. So maybe she had someone in her life who was really invalidating her heartbreak or maybe Taylor's internalized this narrative, this idea that her worth or her value as a human is really coupled with her getting over this breakup and not being sad anymore or not being traumatized anymore if that's how we're looking at it. So this inner belief that says, I need to get over this. I am delusional for not being able to get over this. I, you know, I'm judging myself that idea of, you know, breakups happen every day, you don't have to lose it, it's not that big of a deal, feels like this sort of gaslighting or potentially self-gaslighting if she's the one saying these things to herself, really judging herself for how she's coping with the situation. Another reading that I have of this section of the song could also be brought back to that intergenerational trauma or a relationship that has become abusive, but at one point was really amazing. So she uses words like fantasy and how it was supposed to be, which really gives us this feeling of there was perfection. Everything about this relationship was just absolutely wonderful and perfect. And it's kind of incomprehensible to her anymore, or it's kind of incomprehensible to her that it's over and she has to try to let it go. So this makes me think of if you had a childhood where there were times where your parent was present and really kind and compassionate, perhaps when they were sober or when they were in a healthy relationship. But then that ended for some reason. And so you have to compare to where everything was how it was supposed to be. Everything was good. Everything was safe. And that ended and really try to reconcile that and come to terms with the fact that those things ended and things got worse. So especially if you were very young, it can be really hard to deal with that and to just integrate it because it's so easy to blame yourself for that experience and think, I'm just living in delusion. I need to harden myself. I need to get over it. When in reality, going through anything that's abusive or traumatic at a young age is super hard to process. Um, once again, when it comes to these lines about delusion or breakup, breakups happen every day. You don't have to lose it. I hear once again, that's the way the public often kind of treats trauma survivors is like you are delusional for not being able to get over something that happened 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. So I work with a lot of people who have childhood trauma and are very successful in their 30s, 40s, 50s, beyond, and feel like there's something wrong with them because they're unable to get over something that happened during their teenage years. So I just want to be really clear that no matter how old, you are, no matter how long ago it was, your trauma is valid. Our bodies and our brains don't work on a linear timeline and you make sense. You're not crazy or delusional for being fixated or quote-unquote dwelling on the past. This also reminds me of the fact that trauma recovery is not always associated with grief such as grief being the loss of someone through death. Um, But there is a tremendous amount of grief, especially when you're mourning like your entire childhood or adolescence or a period of your life that you've lost and you'll never be able to get back. So I feel like when someone is stuck in this place of thinking things were supposed to be different. It's not fair what happened. This never should have happened to me. First of all, I've been there. And that is really an opportunity to grieve. Um, That's this... Maybe your body or your brain is saying to you, I need space to grieve what happened to me. It's okay that I'm not over it. I don't need to push myself through it. I need to give myself the chance to mourn everything that I lost through this experience, whether it was losing a person or losing a time in your life or losing that connection to yourself. So now the music shifts a bit and the language that she is using shifts a bit where she is back in the fantasy. She's saying, At the restaurant when I was still the one you want, cross legged in the dim light, everything was just. Just right I could feel the mascara run you told me that you met someone glass shattered in the white cloth everybody moved on so she's clearly once again recalling this moment very clearly in her mind that is sticking out to her in her memory that moment where her person said I met someone the mascara starts running because she is crying and you know she's realizing it was never supposed to be like this and I can't tell you how many times i have said that to myself like this wasn't supposed to happen this wasn't supposed to be like this that grief and that trauma is so awful and it's not fair um so the exponential rage at the world that i hear in this little bit is so valid and either way she's heartbroken and does an incredible job of conveying that in the song so i think in this section of the song she has a really good job conveying how painful it is to remember that one moment where everything changed. I've been there for sure. So now she circles back to the chorus where she is back to that ghostly form that is haunting the restaurant and people come to see her and say she's a sad sight. So she doesn't even have this like scary depiction of a ghost. She seems to be someone that people view as very... Pitiful. And I think that can add even more to the grief, is this judgment from the outside world. Then she goes on with this line about the muse of saying, I bet you got a wife out there, kids, and Christmas, but I'm unaware because I'm right where you left me, which I think is really interesting considering on midnights in the song Midnight Rain, that was episode two. She has this other line alluding to what it's like to have a happily, happy family that's like a postcard. And in that song, she's not really concerned that this person is moved on right she has accepted it and it's something from her past versus in this song you know she's clearly very distressed about the loss of this relationship and I think what she's conveying here is when we are really suffering through something that that happened in our past but the other person that experienced it seemed completely fine there's that extra sense of invalidation of like am I crazy am I making things up am I making this more of a big deal than it was because you seem to just move on so easily just like everyone else but I am still still not okay. Taylor is further describing the circumstances of her sort of purgatorial if that's a word, being in purgatory experience as this ghost in the restaurant mourning this relationship where she's saying, "Look, I caused no harm. I minded my business." I'm not going to try to mess up your life because you broke my heart. I'm actually going to try to be the good ghost or the good girl that you know. I'm just going to mind my business. But guess what? If our love died young, I can't bear witness. It's been so long. But if you ever think you got it wrong, I'm right there with, I'm right where you left me. So she can't bear witness to it. It never died for her. She's not going to sit there and say, yep, I am done. This relationship is over. Because to her, she never got the closure that she needed. So she's saying, I will always be there waiting for you. If you ever change your mind, just come back to the restaurant. Just come back to our relationship. I am still here. I'm still waiting. She's almost refusing in this moment to get over it. She is still holding out hope. And that's extremely painful to witness. Taylor closes the song by saying once again, repeating those lines, you left me, you left me no choice but to stay here forever. And the music kind of fades out into this more ghostly tone, perhaps. It almost sounds like a promise now where she's saying, look, you left me no choice. I did not get the closure I wanted or I deserved. So I'm not going to get over this. I'm sort of surrendered and resigned to that. I will never get past this. So that is right where you left me. That is where I'm going to remain. So as a bonus track on Evermore, I think this is one of the best songs on the record. It just does such a phenomenal job of describing what it feels like to be so deeply heartbroken that you will never get over something, that you will never let someone go. It feels impossible to get out of. It's those moments where we just feel like I don't have any choice to get over this. So I think this song could be extremely comforting for folks who are going through a heartbreak and just need someone to validate how they're feeling. So as usual, well done, Taylor. And I really thought it was interesting to unpack this as a trauma survivor and that judgment and shame we can feel when we can't get over the past. So thank you so much, listeners, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And please let me know if you have any song requests that you'd like me to tackle. As you know, I'm ta- I'm focusing on Taylor Swift here for season one, but I will be branching out from that. So don't worry, send me a DM or an email. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate a, rating on Spotify or Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. Thank you in advance for that. And thank you to folks who have already rated and reviewed. And keep in mind that on March 29th, I am hosting a free workshop called Breaking the Cycle. It's all about looking at the ways that trauma has impacted our relationships and how we can break the cycle and create the kind of relationships that support our healing and our well-being. So that's happening on the 29th. The replay will be available until March 5th. So if you're listening to this episode and it's too late to come to the live workshop, feel free to check that out. Um, Check out the replay. Other than that, you can find everything in the show notes when it comes to working with me or, you know, finding additional support for trauma recovery. So thank you as always for being here. And I hope to see you again next time. All right. Bye-bye.